This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. You get great news like that, and I was, like, so broke and busted. My flight got canceled, and I literally couldn't afford a hotel in Boston, so I slept in the airport that Mm. night. You know, Haley Witters, I mean, she absolutely could have made it just based on talent her first year in town. But what I like about her story is like, just the timing. It wasn't right, but she just kept on. Like timing is a big part of it because she's had the talent. But what's cool is she didn't really change who she was. And now she gets to be who she really is. And now she gets a re- she's having a, a real moment here. And so I really like Haley. We've had her on the radio show to play and I don't know. I just, just her spirit is awesome. And she's very open about the fact that she'd been here 10, 11, 12 years and it yeah. took her that long. And she talks about how to go back to waiting tables. And if anything, I want people to take away from this, not even the music part of it, that like as long as you're still going, it ain't over. And it's super cool. I'm just a big fan of her. Episode 386. Her current single is Everything She Ain't. The whiskey in your soda line me up on Turn it down briefly so we don't get sued. There right, you go. down. And now turn all the way. All the way. Now back up. We still have an official ruling on that, right? They just say no more than five seconds. They say five seconds. But we should do it like six seconds for a couple episodes and see if they come at us. And then seven. <laughs> the next thing you know, we're playing the entire song. <laughs> so Haley Witters... She has an album called uh, Raised to come out last year. It's her third studio album, but she talks about stuff. And it's like, this is how it happened. 12 years she spent here. And she just now has started to really see it happen. But she's always been awesome. And she's always been herself. And I think that's what held her back for a bit because people didn't know what to do with her because she was so different. But it's also now what's really like put her in a spot to be hugely successful. So follow her at Haley Witters on Instagram and TikTok. Or what I like to do sometimes when I listen to podcasts, if I don't know the person, I'll go look at see what their face looks like. 
so I can imagine them during the interview. So if you like her, check it out. Enjoy it. Mike, what's on Movie Mike's movie podcast this week? I watched every single Marvel movie and did a breakdown of how I watched them. Yeah, in a different way. You didn't watch them in order. Yeah, I did it character by character. So check that out. And then next week on this is... We have Chase Rice. Yeah, I didn't know if that was next week, but yeah. also one that Chase left, and I've known Chase in a capacity for years. We never really hung out. Never really got along that well. But we kind of get into that, and it was, it, I mean, it really was one of the best ones as far as somebody coming in and just going, all right, all the armor's off. Let's just talk about it. It's, it was awesome. It's a really good one. Yeah, and this one's great, and it's Haley Witters. Hope you enjoy it. She's going out on the 2023 Raised Tour. Hope you go see her live. She's amazing, and here she is. I grew up in Arkansas. We had a bunch of tornadoes. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch? Yeah, in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, we always did. Uh, us too. And so I, I just got the phone with my wife. And she's driving to Memphis and then back later tonight because she has an event out there. But she was like, hey, they just come on my phone. It's a tornado warning. I looked everywhere. I don't see any tornado warnings. Really? Yeah. Did you look any, everywhere? I didn't see anything. I didn't see turn. You know, I feel like we all get really skittish and rightfully so because we had that yeah, super bad ones. one, you yeah. know. But like, I mean, tornadoes. Back growing up, it was like, let's go sit on the porch. Same thing. It really <laughs> you know? was. Until we absolutely have to go to the basement. Yeah. we. The last time there was a big storm here, probably like six months ago, we got in the basement because under this place, there's a big like finished basement. Mm-hmm. And my dog had just had a, a surgery. and He's in a cone. I had two people from New York that had flown in for like business. And we're all underneath there. One of the dogs was doing peeing on stuff. It was just uh, wild. But they were all freaked out because they were from New York and they'd never seen tornadoes before. Yeah. Again, yeah. In, we have them in Arkansas every three weeks or so in this. I mean, oh my gosh, it was, yeah. it was consistent. So my point is, she's freaking out a little bit, but I'm looking. I don't see anything. Mike, your phone's still on, right? Yeah, you're watching. I don't see anything. Well, I saw Haley put her phone in airplane mode, and I was like, I don't know if that's the move <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, I'm trusting y'all will tell us well, if we got to go downstairs. <laughs> we got. We I got like four different things that are going to alert us. But other than that, how's it been going? It's good. I was just telling the boys. I just got in this morning. I was in Minneapolis last night. Did you play like a radio show or something? Yeah. We played um, K102 radio oh, yeah. show, yeah, yeah, fan yeah. jam, frozen fan jam. Uh, Scotty McCreary was out there. Shane Prophet, Breland was out there. Um, yeah, it was good. Is that Greg Swedberg? Yes. Got Greg it. and Pat. Got it. Yep. And so you flew back this morning. You know what I saw about you was <laughs> it was the first... I saw that your song had maybe top 30 or something. Last week. Am, am I accurate on that? Yes, last week. I thought that was super cool because it's, yeah. it's so hard to get to that spot. Yeah. Because there's like a weird, like swampy ground that's like 48 to 30, 30. And if you can break that, then you actually have a shot. Because mm, okay. there's just so much. I mean, yeah. people are just throwing stuff left and right at that chart. And I don't really, like, I don't personally do music. And don't really keep up with music as far as like what's on the charts, but I just play the stuff that I like or have the people on my yeah. show that I like, or I program the National Countdown or the Women of Our Country. And then, but I did see that yours had climbed up, and now like you got you got a real shot with this song. It has like this whole thing is so new to me. This is my first go with radio, and it's been such. Is like, it really? Yeah, I've never been. You know, so like I don't know what to expect. I told my managers I was like, y'all just call me if it's. Good mm. news. Like, you know, I think it would drive me, like, neurotic to just be, like, checking all the time and, like, 
Because, you know, it's so much, like, out of your control. And um, But this is my first go with it all, and it's been such a learning experience for me. And, like, definitely they, like, prepped me. They were like, look, there it's a slog in, like, the 50s, 40s and stuff, you know? And so, like, I'm, I'm pleased to hear you say that about yeah. the 30s because who knows? Shoot. Well, I would say that, just speaking to you honestly, that I think you got to get up to, like, 30, 29, 28, so that your team then goes, because they have to kind of be reminded, even mm-hmm. though they know, but they're so inside, mm-hmm. that, hey, maybe we should, we should spend even more money on this promotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can roll, if you hit top 25 or so, that momentum actually rolls into the next song, right? Oh, just just kind of yeah. depending on yeah. what it is. But no, when I saw I saw it on Twitter, there's a guy that lives in New York, and he's a random, uh, like, he does, like, I'm not sure the show he does, but he posts a lot of chart stuff and I, yeah. I think i saw him post it that you'd hit top 30 yeah and i was like that's what i'm talking about that's awesome that's good and Woo! i didn't know i guess i've known of you so long i i didn't know that you hadn't really done that, that where they have tried the radio thing because i know for a long time they were just putting out really good music by you so people would know the really good music mm. like strategically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so is this the first time you've had a promo team work a song yeah yeah i mean i this is like my first because I was independent for so long. I mean, I've been here 15 years, and it was like year 12. I think it was 2020. But three years ago, I signed my first ever record deal with Big Loud and Pegasus. And so, and then it was like we, the pandemic had hit. I came in with a record. So, like, we released that. And then we went and did this EP. And then um, Raised is the first record that, like, was kind of like my official starting with Big Loud record. And um, this was one of those songs off it. It was like kind of testing the waters a little bit to see what what would happen with it. And this one kind of like took off. And so they were like, great, let's get a radio campaign going, you know? Which means that they, it's money, right? They're going to spend money. That's yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. They're going to spend money to make sure that you can get to places like Minnesota. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what sucks for you is you don't get paid. But what's great is... They're paying for it, and you're going to go do promotion and be in front of people's faces, and you know. And then they go, well, "We like her. Let's play the song." It's just a, yeah, you know. But it is money and resources, yeah. And they're spending it now, yeah. And hopefully, when it hits top thirty, they go, "Okay, let's look. Let's go a little more in." Yeah. And I, if they're listening now, you should go a little. We should go a lot more <laughs> in. I'm a believer. I just got my first ever plaque. I got a gold plaque. What's, two days ago. Does gold mean 500000 I don't really know. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so what, uh, for, for the song? Yeah. And so what does that mean now? Because back in the day, it would mean 500,000 units bought. But I guess now it's the equivalent with streams. I think it's like, is it 70 million or something? 70 or 75 million, I feel like. That's like the what equivalent? my manager told me. Yes. Well, congratulations. Where do they give it to you? On stage? Um, no, they surprised me at the Big Loud label building the other day they like woke me up for a 9 a.m surprise come to the office luckily i I was like actually dressed you know Mm -hmm. and um yeah and they surprised me there and it was awesome i mean i've never won anything you know so it's what's crazy i hear you say that i just have such a high regard for you and your talent that sometimes (laughs) i have to be reminded that like even when you're like this is my first i'm like really like yeah. What a, like, what a travesty that is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but don't, I, don't get me depressed, Bobby. <laughs> no, it's the opposite of that. And it's a true testament of 
just tenacity more than anything. Yeah. And I feel like that's been the key to any success I have. Yeah. Where you're actually good at something, I just last. Uh, no. Like, no. you're like super talented and I just go, I'm just like a cockroach. Like things no. die around me and I just keep oh walking. Gosh. I want to go back though a few oh years. Oh my God. Uh, to the record that you paid for yourself, which was mm -hmm. um, The Dream. Yep. Right? Yeah. When you, when you pay for a record yourself, how do you go about that? Is it a lump sum? How many tracks? Like walk me through mm -hmm. those decisions. Yeah. Because sometimes they're hard decisions to make because you don't have enough money to pay for all the tracks that you want to cut. Right. So go back to that record and tell me how you made the decisions that you did to put that out. That was like, you know, some people go and they like cut a record in like a week. That was like a year and a half process mm -hmm. for me. So it wasn't like, you know, I just had this giant sum of money and let's go blow it on a record it was like i was waiting tables i um i had i was still in my first publishing deal which was with carnival music so i was getting like you know my monthly songwriter thing um but let me tell everybody listening that ain't no luxury boat oh uh -uh, no like right. you're pinching pennies yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. first deal you ain't making money but um and so i like i also had had my first single as a songwriter kind of during that time maybe a few years prior little big town recorded a song i'd written called happy people um was that on the pharrell project or was it it after? was on um right yeah after? it was right after it, it was the breaker record got it and you know again like that one struggled at radio like i think it was only on there for maybe a few months so it wasn't like i had before you talk about struggle though i want to talk about you getting the single like actually yeah. when they because because that, that is not that's an amazing thing yes. to hear they're cutting your song. Yes. So, and I'm going to get back to the record, but you've sent me down a different hole that I yep. want to go look into where it's, you're writing songs, you have a publishing deal, you write that song, and how do you know when they're interested first? This was like a total freak, never happened thing that happened to me where it was like, I went up to Boston, I think this was like year eight maybe of me being in town, seven or eight something. And, you know, Lori McKenna, it's like, who, who, that's like years yeah. of building up to try and get in a room with Lori McKenna. And I finally got the green light and I went up to Boston and I wrote, we wrote Happy People. It was the first song we ever wrote. And I was literally sitting in the Boston airport about to like fly back to Nashville, just texting my plugger. Hey, here's what we wrote, yada, yada. She was like, I'm going to send this to Karen Fairchild. And she like texted it to her, emailed, whatever. And within like an hour. She texted me back, was like, hey, Karen wants to hold this for Wait, the same, band. Same, like, trip? So you're you're yes, not even home yet. I'm not even home yet. And I was like, what? Dang. And so, um, you know, they played it. I guess everyone liked it. Next thing you know, they're cutting it. Next thing you know, it's you the get first that call, single. You get that call, they're cutting the song, or do you know yeah. afterward? I knew they were holding it. But you didn't know they had cut it yet. I didn't know they were holding it. And you want to know what's so funny about this story and just to, like, give some perspective— I was still like, you get great news like that. And I was like, so broke and busted. Like my flight got canceled and I literally couldn't afford a hotel in Boston. So I slept in the airport that mm. night. What? <laughs> Isn't I, that what a funny? juxtaposition. You put those two things what beside each other. What a juxtaposition. Other. You're like, hey, major artists. Yes. They want your song. They yes. love it. Also, uh, yeah, you got no money for Super 8. Yeah, he can't stay. Well, in Boston, downtown Boston, it's like 200 bucks or whatever. But still, it's like, I remember like, couldn't even barely eat a meal. Because I was like, probably had like a few hundred bucks in my account at that time. But it's the insane thing about this business where it's like, 
the highs and the lows, you know, but, um, and the dream that feeds you even when you're not really eating real food. Yes. Like that was it for me for such a long time where I just had the idea that one day it wasn't going to be like this. And because I had that hope and that dream, yeah, it was okay. It sucks now, but I just got to keep fighting. Yes. And without that, I don't think I could have done it Yeah, without there being a hope. I don't think I would have been able to, to last like I did. Yeah. Because I was my nourishment a lot of times was what possibly could be. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that to be said about this story too. Yeah, I like to say like we're kind of like negligent optimists. You know what I mean? We take foolish risks sometimes, but every once in a while something pays off really big. You sleep in the airport, you go you, you go home, you just wrote with Lori <laughs> McKenna. You're broke, but you're things are happening a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So whenever Little Big Town has your song and they say they're key. Will you get any any better rights just because an artist is holding a song? Or is that mostly after they cut it? Or like when does the reputation start a little bit where people want to get you in a room? I feel like it starts there. You know, like Lori, being able to see my name on a song with Lori and like a hold and yeah. little big towns cutting it and stuff. You know, like that all kind of really helps, I think, get crack the door open for me a little bit. When did they tell you that they... Did they send you the song before it came out on the record? I don't think they did. I think that they posted a clip of them singing it a cappella somewhere. And that was like the first moment. I was like, oh, you know, chills, just like hearing their voices on it. It was such a cool feeling. And it was just really exciting, you know? You think like everything's going to change for you. Yeah, I've had a few of those where I'm like, Oh, this is huge. My whole life's changed. And it, and it doesn't, but it's always something really small that is, at the time, kind of inconsequential feeling. Yeah. That, is, that are the big things. Yeah. That actually do pivot into stuff. So you have the relationship with Laura. You have the relationship with Little Big Town. But at the same time, you're working on this record that you're paying for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you say it took a year and a half. Is that because you would save up and get a track done? Or how, how was that yeah. process? I would do like five songs, I think, a session. And, um, you know, we'd like work on that. And I didn't really have a team at this point either. So it was like me and my producer, Jake, and my publisher, Emily Sheraldi Furman at Carnival. And it was kind of like the three of us just like holding up in the office. Like, what should we do? I don't know. Yada, yada. And, um, you know, we'd kind of work on the record a little bit. Frank Liddell at Carnival, he produces Miranda Lambert, or he had done a few records on her, Leanne Walmack. He was kind of like grandfathering us a little bit and like coaching us through it and telling us, you know, like what he honestly was just really supportive and kind of like fed us to keep going and, and whatnot. Cause we had no idea what we were doing. I'd never produced a record. My producer had never produced a record. Uh, we just like, were following our gut with it all, you know, and making, trying to make music that we liked that we would want to listen to. And for me, it was the mentality of like, I've been here 10 years, like, this may be it for me. So let's just make something that if this is the last thing I get to make here, we love it and we can go home and like, I can tell my kids about it someday or something, you know? Unless you fail doing what you wanted to do. There mm-hmm. have been times where I failed doing something and other people have say, hey, why don't you do this? And I'm like, you know what? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you bomb out and you're like, God dang, I'd rather fail doing what I wanted to do so I didn't have all these thoughts that would laugh. Yeah. And so that was that. That was your idea of okay, we may go down, dang it, but we're going to do something that really feels true to me and what we're doing. Because if it fails, at least we failed honestly. Yeah, yeah, and you can hang your hat on that, yeah. you know. And so 
that's kind of what we did. And it was a year and a half of just like holing up at my engineer's studio in Germantown. And, you know, we'd just stay up late into the night, drink bourbon and talk about, we were just so buzzy on songs and energy and excitement and fun. You know, it was like one of the most fruitful years for me because I'd been so brokenhearted by the industry, you know? And so this was like, kind of me getting a little bit of like I I tuned out so much of the town and just kind of went in and was like finding it all again you know was there an impatience as you guys were creating the songs that would be the record and you're doing them in batches Uh uh-huh was it ever like you know what screw it let's just put these five out like I just want to get something out did you have to battle that or did you really have the patience to go we're gonna finish this whole thing Mm -hmm. and we're gonna put it out as the project is because my patience isn't good yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, we did it. Let's go. Let's yeah. get it out there. How was that process for you? I. It's funny that you say that because I have never thought about that. But I was just like, it was a record in my mind and it wasn't done until everything was complete. I mean, shoot, I think that I went up to write with Lori again and I wrote what ended up being like one of the title track of the record. So we'd gone in and made that session, you know, and, and then I went up with her and I wrote a few more songs. So it wasn't, you know, it was a work in progress the whole way until it felt complete to us. And then we didn't have a team. So then we're like, okay, now what do we do with it? <laughs> you know? You put out other songs from that record, like a, de- a deluxe version, right? Yeah. Because right? right? uh-huh. you did the record and yep. then you've added songs. Was it different to do those songs that were added because the record was at least critically acclaimed? Mm-hmm. And depending on, I mean, I like the record and a lot of people like the record, but I don't, I don't know its reach out because I wasn't watching any of your... I'm not yeah. that psycho about you, just mildly. <laughs> um, so was it easier to find the money to do those tracks because of the success of the original record? Yeah, I think so. And I'm trying to like remember, I think on the deluxe is when Big Loud, I was signing my deal too. So then they were a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I wasn't like saving all my waitressing tips anymore. You know, it was like they were helping float me and giving me the freedom to be able to create. Hang tight. The Bobby cast will be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. 
lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Seuss Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like imagine you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. You need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. And we're back on the Bobbycast. Was there any part of that record that whomever signed you over at Big Loud, like I don't know which of the guys, yeah. the, which of the people over there were instrumental in Haley's Awesome, Let's Get Her. Was there a song or two that they brought up like really resonated with them? They were mm-hmm. like, when we listen to this, this song shows us who you are. Do you remember yeah. any of that? Which, what was I it? remember like Seth got super jacked on Fill in My Cup. When he heard Fill in My Cup, he was like, this is the sound. You know, that was like we'd put fiddle on it. It kind of has that throwback, like, you know, um, and and he was just like he lit up on that song. And, yeah, it's been really cool, you know, to see the whole thing with them. And, and Nicole Galleon's a part of it, too, with Songs and Daughters. And she's someone I've written with for a very long time. So she knows me very well creatively. But I feel very fortunate. I think having been here for so long, I was always so like gun shy about record labels because i'd seen so many friends just get crushed you know what Shelved i mean Shelved or dropped yeah or just it not work yeah well. so it was very important for me one of the perks of having been around the block of this town a few times very important for me to find someone that just like got it you know and i felt that seth and nicole and the team there they really got it and they've been really cool about letting me do my thing you know when you play shows now and if you when you play the single do you hear people sing back to you yeah is that, last night isn't, they did that, it. isn't that awesome it was so freaking nuts it's so bizarre as someone who's been here for freaking ever you know put out multiple records to be able to see the difference with this one song it's just nuts and it's nuts at 30 <laughs> oh god 20 oh god. it gets a, it's a different level 10 <laughs> i mean you're gonna have so many people that Finger quotes believed in believed in you from the beginning. <laughs> like that's the that's the best part about it. Oh my is gosh. that so many people now, Haley, are going to be like, we knew it. We knew it when we first you first moved to town. Oh. And you're like, well, if you knew it, why didn't you call me? You yeah, know? seriously. Like I, I was. So when you moved to town, though, you were if some of this stuff, I'm just going to go from memory of yeah. speaking with you. Uh, teenager when you moved here, I was 17. That's why teenager seems because you weren't. 
But you went to school here, though, right? I came here, yeah. So I was like, I'm moving here no matter what. And my mom, kind of panic mode, oldest to leave the nest. Like, she found Belmont. She was like, please go to school. So that was kind of like my safety net, you know? But if you're 17 when you move here, could you even go to school right when you moved here? Yeah, I was like one of I was one of those weird kids where it was like school starts in August. I'm 18 in September, you know. Um, so yeah, I lived there. I lived on campus. I didn't have a car. You know, I walked down to Broadway, walked into Tootsie's. Was like, mm-hmm. can I get a gig? You know that whole thing. How did you find Nashville though, in general? Because your town in Iowa not big. No. So was Nashville a bit? Because for me, this is the biggest city I've ever. I've been, I, I'm in big cities a lot now. Yeah. But. but I'm from Mountain Pine, Arkansas. I never lived in a city this big. Yeah. Like Austin and Nashville are same size. And when I would get to, I'd be like, dang, this is huge. Uh-huh. But then my friends would come here from bigger. They were like, oh, what a tiny town. And I'm like, <laughs> you guys don't know what it's like growing up in a small town. Yes. Was there that for you when you first moved here? Like, holy crap, big, tall buildings. Yeah. Sports teams. Oh, yeah. I felt like such a city girl. Yeah. You know, like cute sex in the city. I was like, I am just a huge city girl now. Um, but yeah, cause this was the biggest city I'd been to too. What'd your you parents know? think about you moving to a big city? I think they were a little scared for me, but I think they were excited for me, you know, and could, they've been nothing but like encouraging and go get it and go do it and, and whatnot. Um, apparently my mom like locked herself in her bedroom for a week <laughs> cause I was just like, I'm the oldest of six, like moving nine hours away. I didn't know a single soul, you know? So I think, um, you know. I like to think she missed me, but yeah, it, it was a big deal for me. And I, I found it because she had, she knew I was so determined to do something here. And I just didn't know how, you know, probably same with Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no music scene. There's nobody that's done anything. There's no right. blueprint. People where I grew up worked at the mill. Yeah. And so that's what I knew. So mm-hmm. people, most people left school. They did the In your town, what did most kids do when they graduated? Um, you know, either went into, like, a trade school, started working for their dad, or, um, you know, some kids would go to, like, Iowa or Iowa State or something. And so you move here and you're going to school. What did you think about Belmont as a school freshman year? Big. Did like, you think whoa. Were you like, whoa, also, these kids are really talented? Was yeah, it, you, so scared. Because, again, I'm, like, little country kid, you know? I didn't come from a musical family, like, so I just totally was just like, oh, my gosh, you know? Like, everyone here is so good, and... You know, there's the whole, like, Belmonte culture and the, you know, stars and all that. So, yeah, I mean, this Nashville was, like, my crash course in, like, country music and honky-tonk education. You know, going down, playing bars, learned very quickly. It's a songwriter town, booked a gig at Richard's Cafe, which ironically is where I went back in 12 years later asking for a job. But uh, just feeling my way through the dark with it all trying to meet as many people as possible, trying to co-write immediately just to build my network and and get to know people. What were you doing playing in Iowa, though? If you're 14, 15, you love music, where were you playing the year, two years, or however long to actually know that you love to do it and you wanted to move and pursue it? I mean, gosh, like flatbed trailers at birthday parties and graduation parties. So anywhere, you just wanted to play. Anywhere. Where did you start? Where did you get your first guitar my first guitar, my mom got me. She signed me up for some, guitar, like, Guitar Center, I think, in Cedar Rapids. She signed me up for some guitar lessons. I started playing guitar, learning a few chords. I always loved writing and always knew I wanted to write my songs. So I started writing silly little songs. And then um, she actually brought me down here when I was, like, 15. And that was, like, 
the moment I think that I got to see it and then there was no turning back, you know? When you left, you just knew? Did you talk about it a lot? Like, did Oh, you- probably. I think I was like so pumped and just, I'm moving to Nashville, yada, yada, you know? <laughs> it's what, so cute. Did you think, let's just talk about the trip down. Did you drive or fly? I'm assuming you drove. Drove with my fa- family. My family all loaded up the truck. All my siblings came down. And, you know, I'm like... All your siblings came down. Five brothers and sisters? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, dad brought the truck. Everyone, he liked to... I mean, he'd throw us all in the back of the truck, put a topper on it, and we'd all just... Probably not the most safe thing. We used to do that, too. But but sometimes no top. You know, I mean... And so we all drove down, and I was really... It was bittersweet. I was was so excited to be here, but I've always been so sad to leave there. And so, you know, I'm thinking we're going to have this really sweet, you know, emotional weekend. And they literally dropped me off and we're like, all right, well, we'll see you at Thanksgiving. And <laughs> they just turned around and drove back to Iowa. Were you in a dorm? Yeah. So did you think on your, it's, you're not going to be able to really remember this, but maybe you can just kind of identify the feeling. But as you were on your way down, were you like, I'm going to Nashville, I'm freaking going to make it. Or it's like, I'm going to Nashville I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to try. Like, what was the... I was like, I'm going to make it. You know, I think I was just like, so... I didn't know how, I didn't know when, but I just had this feeling like, this is what I'm doing. You know, and and I'm there's never been a plan B. It wasn't until, you know, a decade in that I really started to think for the first time ever, like, what if this doesn't work? Mm-hmm. What else are you going to do? You know? Um, did you finish school at Belmont? I did. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And were you playing, you say you went to Tootsie. Where did you go very first and go, hey, can I like audition? Or where where was the first time you played a show in Nashville? Tootsie's. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I went down to like the open mic um, and asked. But then the other place was Richard's. And then another early one was, um, gosh, I don't even think it exists anymore. It was like kind of behind Satco over in Vandy. I think it was called like, cat. it was like a, oyster bar or something which sounds so weird in nashville but yeah it was like this little basement dive bar you walk down and he the guy would have writer's nights there and i remember seeing ruthie collins she was in a band at the time she was in a duo um and i just like watched that show and then i went and asked the guy the sound guy like how can i play here the commodore was really big I remember. And what back were you then. playing? A bunch of covers, mostly if there were people there, or were you playing your own music? Those writers' nights were totally my own music. But what about like a Tootsie's? Tootsie's covers, you know. Did you have to learn a lot of covers, or did you learn some, but then put like the phone up and play the chords if people no. asked? That was that was like some old day stuff, you know. Like I knew a lot of songs from playing the bars back home. So I knew a lot of covers, you know, and then they have the house band there. So I'd jump up, sing Suds in the Bucket, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Heads Carolina, things like that. Um, you know, some days I'd wake up and, I, and I'm still trying to go to school, too. And sometimes they call and they're like, hey, we need you down in like 10 minutes. Can you get down here and, you know, ditch in yes, class to like go play? Yeah. And I'm like playing. I'd go do like a four. Hour, there was some days that I would play like a four hour shift, me and my guitar at the airport and then I would go straight down to Broadway, and I'd play Rippies from, like, you know, 2 to 6. So it's like— Where in the airport? Um, It doesn't really exist anymore, but there's, like, two Tootsies. There's the one that's cool and in there. And Which then I, there was one that was, like, was on your way one. to baggage claim. And I was the one on the your way to baggage, baggage claim. <laughs> <laughs> so you're playing these places. You're going to school. How were your grades? Oh, uh, C. Yeah. CB. 
Were yeah. you, did you feel like, because I was working full time and going to school too, and there were times where I felt underwater. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Did you ever feel like, hey, I may have to quit school? I never felt that way. I mean, I did enough to like get to pass and to make good grades, you know, but in my mind, it was like I was out hustling Music Row and the honky tonks and trying to work and, and you know, make music and get noticed and get discovered. How'd you get your publishing deal? Um, I had graduated. I was like a year after I'd graduated and I made a little EP and, um, you know, I had a few contacts passing it out whatnot. I was at ASCAP and they had a GPS program that would like hook you up with a publisher every month. And you would get to go in and have sessions. And I'm um, reconnected with Emily, who I'd known from running around in circles and stuff like that. And she, um, I was her first signing at Carnival. Wow. Yeah, she was like, I want you to be my first signing here. And so, you know, for both of us, it was brand spanking new. We don't know what we're doing, but we're figuring out together. We believe in each other. And, and I was with her for eight years. Was there anyone that you kind of showed up to town around the same time in or maybe a few people that you saw actually make it, and you're like, "Yeah, dang, they are good, but I'm good too. <laughs> I was like so, I mean, I don't know if I had that approach. Everyone was just like so much better to, than me in my mind. So it wasn't like I was like bitter or, or like, you know, whatever. But, um, I mean, Casey Musgraves like slept on my couch a few times. Marin, I remember when Marin got to town. I was probably like five years in at that point, and she... I just remember watching her blow up, you know, and um, I went to school with like Ryan Hurd. Um, what do you think? I think that, he was like a year older than me, maybe. But yeah, same time. What do you what do you credit? And I, I know what your answer is going to be, but I'm just walking back to it. What do you credit their success to, especially early? I think they were so good. They had been doing it since they were so much younger. I didn't have like those resources, I don't think, growing up. You know what I mean? I just didn't know. Um, they kind of had the Texas thing where it was like, it sounds like they were touring Texas and making records and whatnot. I didn't have that. Um, and I think that that really helped them know who they were so early. They both did know who they were very early. They knew early. who yeah. they were. Yeah. You know, they showed up knowing who they were. And they were really great songwriters. Yes. Which, like you said, this yes. is a songwriter town, which mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people know because it's just, hey, Nashville, can you sing? Go make it. Yeah. It's really hard to sing if you can't actually uh, sing your own story, yeah. your own yep. words, because yep. there's a lot of people who can sing. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who can write really good songs, but there's a few that can write really good songs and freaking sing them. Yeah. And if you can do that, yeah. like that's where it is. Mm -hmm. You're playing these shows, you're working, you're going to school. You graduate, do you think, okay, well, life's about to get easier now because now I can focus fully on music. And was it easier? Well, I had sort of a unique situation, I guess, because I actually, I actually graduated a month after, a month later than I was supposed to because my brother died. So that kind of threw a whole, you know, left turn into my plan. So those years after I freshly graduated, it was pretty dark for me, you know? I mean, I wasn't focused on music. Pro I, I was still writing. Sure. I remember getting, like, a f the first email from someone in the industry, Bonnie Baker, emailed me, and it was really sweet and kind, and it made me think, like, I should keep doing this. You know, someone checked in on me. And um, Did you think about going home to stay? I did go home for a minute. I went home for, like, his funeral, and then— 
a whole month or two months after that, my whole entire family just kind of like packed up the RV and went driving out west. So once we got back from that trip, though, I was like, I need to go back. I'm going to keep working, graduate, all that. So I did that. But yeah, you know, I think coming out of that period, I don't really know when I was, I was still writing, still working, probably not as much, but I don't know when I really started hitting the ground running after that. It just kind of gradually started happening again. Probably when I started making that next EP and um, trying to land a publishing deal because I was nannying at the time and waiting tables still. And and then I made that EP and I got my pub deal like an hour or a, an hour. That's quick. <laughs> a year. That's even quicker than the that. airplanes, the airport story. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's do a tornado check. Mike, how are we doing? We're good. Okay. Uh, is there anything... Tornado, because even if so, I'm going to call Kate because you're driving to Memphis. They just said nothing spicy on the radar as of this minute. Who said nothing spicy? And why am I trusting them if they're calling the weather <laughs> spicy? That's severe uh, weather. Okay. And the, like to Memphis, there's not like a Memphis account? Uh, I can find one. Just take a look, see if you don't mind. Is your car in the shop? Uh, no, it's at, it's in your... In the driveway? Yeah. Was it in the shop? Uh, I was going to take it, but I didn't have time. This morning. No, that's a time. That's a thing you should have time. Uh, that's a priority I thing. Where, I know. I'm gonna take it tomorrow. I think. But what's wrong? Why are you driving? What's wrong with it? it? Just needs an oil change. Oh, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 I'm not like missing a bumper or anything. Well, even worse. <laughs> like yeah. okay. So your car, everything's good. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, who taught you how to drive back home? Well, I didn't drive like a shift or anything. My you dad. No, I didn't. My dad taught me how to drive a shift later. Um, but I drove a truck and he taught me how to drive and he was like the scariest teacher. He taught me how to read. He taught me how to drive. Cause he's like one of those guys. that's like, you want to learn how to swim? Boom. Push you in the mm-hmm. deep end, start swimming. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and he's very impatient. <laughs> so you start just like making moves, you know? Um, so you didn't drive it. You'd have to drive a stick like early on. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, I, th- I, I am uh, assigning a, a bias that I shouldn't be doing. I, I would love to. I mean, I tried. He went and gave me a crash course in the field and whatnot, and it, it was very painful. You ever shut corn? <laughs> he was getting so mad. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, sure, yeah. I, I've done that, too. <laughs> but, yeah. If you just said no on that, I'd have been like, you're not from Iowa. Get her out of here. Yeah, it's get all, her out of here. It's all, it's all a story. <laughs> so, did you ever get close? Meaning... You're in town, you're working, you're writing, you're singing. Did you ever get close to like landing something and it just didn't quite happen? Um, like the first time you had your heart broken by this town where you're like, golly, like that. I, oh, so close. I mean, I think it was kind of like the cuts, you know, when people are putting things on hold or when it was like you were starting to have some like label meetings and stuff. The showcases, man. Those things are so intense because it's like you get so worked up. Everyone's coming out. They're watching you. And I don't even know if those happen anymore with TikTok. But like back in the day, it was like, this is your moment. Impress us. And that was always really painful. They talked funny. It sounds like. They did. This is your moment. (laughs) Impress us. Yeah, I'd be worked up too. Um, But, you know, stuff like that. I'm sure there's been. I feel like mine has. Mine was just like a nice, slow, gradual heartbreak. You know? Of of things not working out. I you, think so, yeah. probably. You know, it wasn't like there was one big moment that just kind of like, you know, screwed me up and then I quit. It was it was like kind of just like a low, a slow grind. And then, um, yeah, 
So did you have any label heads or meetings that you would meet with? And they would be like, man, you got something good. We just don't know what it is. So we can't do anything with you. All the time. Because I only ask that because what what's making you different now also made you different then. But I think people are now realizing the value of it uh-huh. now. Yeah. Because then... You there. There are parts of you that are very traditional. Mm-hmm. There are parts of you that aren't. Mm-hmm. But depending how you're viewed by the individual, they could go, "Wow, she's way too traditional for what we're doing." Mm-hmm. Or it could be the other way, like she looks traditional, but her, so I just would imagine there were times where people just know what to do with you, yeah, because like, you're obviously awesome. But they were like, "We just we don't know. We don't know what to do." Yeah, yeah. I think like all the time. Did I you mean, reconsider your style or? Yeah. Uh, I did. There was like a phase that I did and it was awful. And I was like, I'm never, we had, we made cut some things and I had our first meeting and I had to play it for um, a friend in the business. And I was like, really, I'm never going to play these songs to anybody again. I don't like this stuff. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, it was weird because everyone always told me I was too Americana, too Americana. I was Texas country. I wasn't, you know, commercial. And at that time, it was very pop. Commercial was very pop. So I felt like fish out of water. Like I grew up on Alan Jackson and Trisha Yearwood and stuff like that. So um, I didn't know what to do with that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting how music is just so cyclical because now it's like country's back. And Americana's country. And Americana's And Americana's co- the most country thing, period, anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, like that. People say, oh, they do Americana, but that to me. There's nothing countryer than Americana music. Yeah. Is the weird thing about that. Yeah. And so I was with uh, Lucas Nelson a few weeks ago, cool. who's awesome. Yeah. Like, just li- by the way, I liked his music, but until I heard him play live, like, I liked his music. Now I freaking love, I love what he does. After yeah. watching that guy sing, and he's also the nicest guy. And, you know, you'll classify him as like Americana. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> that dude's just a country music artist. Yeah. Like, straight up, just a country music artist. Yeah. And so the Americana label, I feel, gets tossed around a little unfairly. Yeah. Because it's just people that don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And that's what it is. Like, yeah. it's really good, but we don't know what to do with it because we're scared to take a commercial risk on it. So we're yeah. going to assign you the category of Americana. Yep. <laughs> like, Isabel, we go through the whole list of people that there's nobody more country. And had yeah. they arrived at a different time now or three years prior, or they would have just been country. Yeah. But because of the time that, and this, I remember just seeing you, like your style, and I was like, okay. Before I even heard you, I was like, she's very traditional. Mm-hmm. But then I heard you, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's traditional. But there are some really progressive elements here mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah, that's what the whole store basically is: fresh leather, yep. friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events, there is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. 
T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like, imagine, you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. You need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. Welcome back to the BobbyCast. So whenever you meet with Seth at Big Loud, did they say, look, this is you're doing what we want. Mm-hmm. And so let's keep doing that. But let's find a way. Like, let's find a way to what? Like, what are they, how do they grow you, an artist? Because you knew who you were, too. We talked about Marin. It yeah. took just You just did it here. Yeah. Like, you found it here. Yeah. What do they say about your future and your progression whenever you finally sign a deal? You know, they honestly didn't say much. I was like really caught off guard by how much they were like, go do you. Really? Because I was like expecting to come in and get changed and shifted a little bit, you know, and and yada, yada. But like from the beginning, they were like, no, we are into this. You know what I mean? Just keep doing you, keep being you. So... Um, I feel very lucky in that respect. You're doing some big tours. You're getting to play with some really yeah. cool people. I was looking before I came over here. Did you, Have you done the Shania stuff yet, or is that coming up? It's coming up in May. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. Excited about that? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm, like, so nervous. I was doing an interview today, and uh, he was like, how's it going to feel to play stadiums? And I was like, what? I don't think it really hit me yet. You know what I mean? It's going to be big. Have you spoken to her yet at all? Never met her. It's going to be... So I have a, a friend. Uh, I'm going to pull some details so it never gets tracked back to them. And we'll say he. He was opening for an artist, big artist, Shania-like, but not Garth. Yeah. A lot of people think it's Garth. <laughs> and uh, this friend goes back and he hadn't... He'd played multiple shows and still hadn't met 
the headliner. Really? Which I thought was weird too. Huh. And so he played multiple shows. I'll tell you off the air the whole real story, but I'm okay. just going to give you the, yeah. the gist of it now. They played multiple shows and like the ninth show. Headliner says, hey, I want to go. Meet, I want to meet him. And he's like, oh, great. So he goes in and meets him. And he takes a acoustic guitar. And he said, hey, I haven't got to meet you yet. You're my hero. You're one of my heroes. I'm so grateful that you bring me on this tour. Uh, you know, I, I just want you to know that, that you've really influenced the music. And he said, yeah, I've done that to a lot of people. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, then what did you, did you get him to sign the guitar? He goes, no. I said, well, thank you for having me and left. And he didn't go back again. Oh, my gosh. He didn't, go, he didn't play any more shows? He didn't, no, he didn't go back to meet him again. He played shows, but he just like played the shows and left. And by the That's way, a bummer. it may not even be a he. Yeah, okay. And I, I'll tell you the whole day because it's, okay. it's hilarious. Oh, my gosh. But, but I know that Shania is not like that. That's why I tell okay. that story. Good. Because, yeah, re- good. That and, would ter- that would crush me. I know. It would suck. And now, though, it's harder to be a jerk, I think, just because of the way that information is distributed quickly yeah. and in so many places. Yeah. That will be tough if it were today. But Shania, I've met her a few times. I have people that have – that she's lovely. Aww. Like, so lovely. So that's super cool. That you get to do. What do your parents think about that when you go, I'm going to go do shows with Shania? They're so stoked. Yeah. I mean, like, I grew up, like, on those records. I have a video of me singing in my underwear, like, any man of mine, just belting it out. You know, um, that's, like, a record I just remember being played all the time in my house. You know, dad always thought Shania was hot. So I'm sure he's stoked. <laughs> your dad also talks funny. Yeah, all the, all the impressions you do are very— All my impressions? Uh, yeah, they're, they're all oh, are, like, okay. some, like, screech well, meets— yeah, some kind of weird. Maybe I'll be a impersonator when this, when my single crashes. That's what I'm saying. You don't. You're not. You can't be an impersonator. They're terrible impressions. But I appreciate appreciate the <laughs> and passion. They could all be spot on. They well, yeah, they could. Yep. Um. So, are you doing stuff there at church? Yeah. What is that? Uh, I'm gonna go do some shows with him. I think in September we're doing the Gorge. Oh yeah, and the Gorge is Jelly awesome. Rolls on that show, yeah. and then I'm doing another weekend with him and Paul Cawthon. Are you doing festivals? I'm doing a lot of festivals this year, and I'm going to do, you know, so I'm doing the Shania tour. I'm doing some dates on the Eric tour. You know, everyone kind of is doing that thing where they're rotating openers. So I have some dates there, some dates there, some dates with Luke, Brian, in the fall. And then I'm doing a lot of festival stuff. We interrupt this interview to bring you a message from our sponsor. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. 
Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. This is the Bobby Cast. Are you doing any of your shows where you're like, let's see if anybody comes? How many fans I have? For that's real? Ba- I mean, that's basically <laughs> right. I mean, that, yes. it, that's the test. I, it, yes. And anytime I put tickets on sale, because I'll do theaters and I'll do seat, uh, specific seats. I I am so neurotic and I get so nervous that nobody likes me. Yeah. Every, every single time. It's scary, man. So are are you doing your own shows where it's like, please sell? Yeah, we're starting that next week. And um, we start. It's called the Rays Tour, and it'll be you know this record, the Rays record, and all that. And I think we have like nine dates. Um, but I'm really stoked. I mean, it is scary, and I've definitely had the total flop ones, you know. But it's so cool to do a show that's just you know, even if it's freaking fifty people showing up, they know every word to every song, and that's just like those are the moments. Good you know? for you for thinking that because I don't. Have, I'm not mature like that. <laughs> If I go and it's not sold out, I go. Oh, oh, I do. Oh my gosh. I, I have mental mental breakdowns almost. Oh my gosh! And if a show doesn't sell like seventy percent the first weekend, I'm like, well, this show will end up getting canceled. <laughs> it is a good for you. Oh man, good for you for enjoying it. If there are five open seats and I see them, I'm, I'm like, they mu- people must have been sitting there and they left because they hated. Them. Oh no, that's not no. It's no, tragic. No. It's, uh, my brain's tragic. I live in tragedy <laughs> constantly. But good for you. You're going to go play these shows. The song is, hopefully, will be killing it. It's doing great right now with Thanks. momentum, which is amazing to see. And it's just so cool to see it. Like, you're just an example for a lot of folks. Mm. And I hate when people tell me that sometimes because, like, I don't want to be the example. I want to be the example of somebody who just shows up and is super talented and makes it. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who are super talented who showed up and then got sent back home too mm. mm-hmm. because they didn't have the knowledge or the capacity to handle it once it finally happened. Mm-hmm. And man, it is t- it's it's your time to be a star. It's so Aww, cool. It is. Thank you. It is your time to be a star. So when you do the shows for like Shania or Eric, that set is probably what, 20 minutes or so? I think so, yeah. When you do your shows, are you doing an hour? Uh, we're doing like 90 Okay, I'm gonna do an hour. I'm gonna go home after an hour, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's the rest of it's gonna be good. <laughs> yes, yeah. I got like a capacity for like sixty minutes. Speaking yes. of capacity, and, and then I'm out. Um. So and and they can go to your website and get tickets to yeah. your your tour. Mm-hmm. Well, it is an exciting time for you. Aww. it is. It's super cool. I mean, when's the, when did you come on anything with me the first time? I came on. Was it a year ago? Maybe actually, everything she ain't had maybe just come out when I came on the show. Is that right? Yeah, and I brought fiddle player in and. Mm-hmm. Lauren Sachs and um, Ethan and we sat and t- I don't think the record had come out because you asked me about Boys Back Home or what my favorite song was yeah. on it. We talked. I don't think it'd come out yet. 
It does seems like forever ago, doesn't it? I Not know. just a year. It seems like forever ago. Did I do a TikTok about you before I ever met you? Mm-hmm. Did I? I did? Yep. See, what? Like, I've been a fan and for, let me, I'm not going to go back to my own TikTok. I just don't want to look at all my high streaming numbers. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's so tough. But, right? I did a TikTok about her. I was so interested in your story. This is Reed who does all my, like, social media editing. He's like video A-plus guy. And I was like, Let's do on Haley Witters. And so we found all this stuff about you. And then we did one. And I posted it. And I was like, I never even met that girl. I hope that's not creepy. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Did Was she the one that... Did you sing Dixie? Is that, was that her? No, maybe it wasn't her. Did you sing Dixie Chicks in like a high school something? Oh, I wrote a paper. Is that what it was? Chicks. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the things that, that we had it. said about her. So. I was like, one of them... I think like someone got sick or something. And that's I like stepped was. in. In your paper... <laughs> that's what it was. In your paper... You had imagined that one of the chicks got sick. I wonder you, which one. I'm and you uh... stepped in and filled the role. That's funny. My point with all I this is... I am dying to know where that paper is, by the way. Me too. Because that would be awesome to see. My point is, I've been a fan for a long time. Even before we met each other, I was like, I'm so interested in like what she's about. Because mm-hmm. I know and knew it wasn't easy to stay being about what you were about mm-hmm. when people didn't quite get it yet. Mm-hmm. Because that, that ain't easy. And you can go, well, I'm, I'm as talented as everybody else. So I could change and just do what's accepted <laughs> now. But you didn't do that. And like, sincerely, that's I'm super proud for you that Aww. it's now starting to happen. Well, thank you so much. And there's a lot of really great people in this town. I don't believe you know? it. And you have to show me. I've met, like, so met like two. There's so many great people I've in this town. I've met two, and that... you're one of them. And there's two other people in here. So that tells you one of the main great in here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's been so many great people. And I'm inspired by so many of the paths and brandy clark i remember she's one i remember when she was shopping and all that and it was just like how you know and so i just i have a lot of good friends you have a dog i have two dogs what are they an aussie who is awesome i'm so codependent do you have dogs yeah like so codependent and then i have a a blue tick beagle mix Bo. he doesn't really like me that much so did you get Bo from here or from home Bo, we got from like Indiana. He was a foster pup. Yeah, we had a bunch of. I, I asked that because we had blue ticks, but we used them to hunt. Oh yeah, they, like they were either a bird dog. Yeah. Or, so, I, if he's from Indiana, he was a blue. That's that's just where my mind went. So anyway, you got Bo. It, why were you in Indiana touring? No, we found it like the foster company or something was in Indiana. Yeah. I don't know. And so we like went up there and got him. And then the Aussie, we say we rescued her, showed up in an Arby's parking lot in Cookville, and this woman just, like, handed her to us. So Wait, I don't understand. you got to go into more detail. It was Craigslist. It was a Craigslist find. You know, I was at my friend's baby shower, and I was like, let's get a dog. <laughs> We're not getting a kid, so let's get a dog. And we went on Craigslist and found Aussies, and we went and, like, drove to Cookville to meet this person. And they just, like... We thought we'd be in the barn. They were like, she was raised on a farm. Like, she'll be with the mama at the barn and all that. And, like, literally the address takes us to an RV's parking lot. And the woman gets out of the car with the one puppy and just, like, hands her to us. And you just hand her money? And we just hand her cash. And we're like, I mean, we got to take this dog now, you know? It's like, we can't send her back. Right. So it was kind of sad because then we got home and she had fleas too. So we say we rescued her. Yeah. No, that works. And yeah. anything off Craigslist was rescued. Yeah. No matter what it is. If it's a couch, a human, yep. uh, a dog, anything. anything <laughs> is that any good part of town to be in? It's Craigslist nope. just in general. Craigslist <laughs> nope. and Reddit. Like you just need to know exactly where you're going to go in those places yes. and don't go anywhere else. Nope. Um, I have two dogs. We have a husky mix, a husky and 
She's also a hound. Oh. So we got her. She was like this big. She, they, she was just pulled her off the street. She was so aggressive that they told us she would never be able to be with her other dog, who's like a year older. They were like, she's so aggressive, you can't keep her in the same house. And we, and we had aggression specialists come here and work really? with us because right, it's about us yeah. being able to be consistent with the dog. And the aggression specialist, like, she's so, she, she was on the street so long. Mm-hmm. These traits will never be, leave her. Mm. She will attack. And if she gets big, she'll kill your other dog. Whoa. And to Caitlin's credit, she was like, that's tough. Uh, okay. It doesn't matter. This is a dog. Wow. So we're very consistent with her. And she's awesome now. She's too, she's not aggressive. She's actually opposite, annoyingly. Yeah. Like, loving her. Her and the bulldog. Are That's a picture so I took awesome. This. She has a crate that she sleeps in, but it never closes, right? It's not a crate. But we yeah. crate trained her early on to know this is your house. This is your consistency. Yeah. And so it's her crate. But even but the bulldog will sometimes go lay in her crate, and she'll just go lay in the bed beside it. Uh, like she's not aggressive at all. So cute. She, she's just like, okay, cool. And so we've had her for two years. And then Stanley is a bulldog, and, and he's in surgery today. It's Aww. his 14th surgery. Whoa. When we got him... I mean, he had six surgeries in his first year. What? He had a lot of stuff wrong. I, Wiener. No, that's Aww. me. Um, but all, <laughs> it's, 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 it's really him. It's really him. But he had all these surgeries. And so he lived in a cone, so it was really hard to instill any sort of discipline in because of that. But he's a great dog now, but he tore his ACL, one leg, all the way in two. Had surgery, miserable rehab because he's three, he's a fat dog. Aww. Tore his other one all the way in half. And today he gets sent off to the hospital. He'll be back tomorrow morning. But I actually just posted this walking over here. This is me giving him a pep talk this morning. Here we go. You're going to have good surgery today. Oh, my gosh. You don't even know English, so you don't know what surgery is. <laughs> but when you're done, that leg is going to be all better, okay? And I'm sorry I can't feed you this morning because you'll vomit all over the doctor. But I love you very much. And I hope you have a good surgery. Okay, buddy? High five. Oh my gosh, he high fives. So, yes, I I love my dogs. Obsessed. You, just, and my wife never had dogs growing up, so these are her first dogs. And it's fun to see that. Her, yeah. She, she was like, ah, we never had dogs. I don't like it. And she just loves them. Oh. And it's like, I told you. I told you. You tell me I'm the idiot. I told you. You're the idiot. You I said you wouldn't that. like dogs. Except I don't call her an idiot because she beat me up. <laughs> okay, look, Haley, we've, we've, we've done it all. We've said it all. First of all, it's great to see the trajectory that's happening now because you deserve it. And I will say, I would say the same thing to you off the air. Getting to this place on the chart is good for one of two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, either this song keeps going, mm-hmm. or two, it's crazy momentum for the next one. Mm. Okay. It, it, I like it, that. It literally is. I like that. For some reason, you're in five weeks, level's like, well, we can't get past. That's They're going to go to a song immediately. Yeah. And that's what's good. So you have hit that spot that actually allows you to have an, another really strong shot. Yeah. Worst case, That's worst case scenario. Okay. Best case is, let's like go, that. baby. Let's go. Best case, let's, let's go, roll. baby. Yeah, I hope you get so famous you forget who I am in two years. <laughs> that would be, that's oh, the shoot. ultimate goal is to, for you to walk out and be like, ah, who's that guy that's like white or That ain't gonna happen. Yeah, that could be him. That okay. ain't happening. Look, Haley Witters, at Haley Witters, follow her, everything she ain't. Can we have like four seconds of it, Mike? Yeah. So we don't get sued by the uh, music police? Here we go. I'm everything she is. We will get sued by the music police if we play over five seconds. Oh my gosh. Brutal. Mm, brutal. Exactly. 
The music place, that's you and your people, though, so you oh. have to talk with them. <laughs> How was it doing, uh, like, late night TV for the first time? Oh, my god! Like, that's gotta be, that's like one of those things, it's like, for the first time I get to do, would you do Kimmel? So insane, yes, 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 yes. Tell me about it before you go. I did Kimmel, um, very, like, a p- publicist called Monday night, hey, can you do Kimmel on Wednesday? Uh, sure. Jumped on a plane, flew out. Very cool, like, honestly, just hung in our trailers um, they had great snack selection. Uh, we did two takes, just ran through the song twice. I got to meet Jimmy. He was very sweet. Um, took a few photos, and it was done. Like a... <laughs> yeah, and then it was kind of nice because we were, like, pre-taped. I don't know if I was supposed to say that, but we were pre-taped. But it was kind of nice because the day of, you could be like, I'm going to be on Kimmel mm-hmm. tonight without the nerves. And you know what I mean? knowing it was good. Where I didn't see it, so I didn't know. I was like, oh, this... Uh, got it. Because I, mean, I, I always like teasing a pre-tape if I know I did good. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like live, I'm like, I don't know. I may suck at this. I don't want anybody watching quite yet. Yeah. That's awesome. And then um, I saw, it may have been around the same time that Kelly Clarkson did a cover. Because yes. like she, she comes out and sings at the beginning. Yes. And I've done her show before and she just, I, she did a Queen song and she crushed it. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. She's like one of the greatest singers ever too. Yeah. But then she did one of your songs. Yeah, like the, the next morning. Oh, it was like the next it was morning. In, really? Yeah, it was really strange where it was like all of, and it was like kind of funny because I had just been on Kimmel, but again, like I guess like back home demo or something. Every like woman I know back home texted me, like, you were on Kelly Clarkson this morning. <laughs> and I was like, I was on Kimmel last night too, you know, but it was like but Kelly, man. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I love to see it. Thank I'm super you. proud for you. And you guys go follow Haley on Instagram and TikTok and just listen to her sing. Listen, uh, yeah, stream her music, but also you do enough singing in places and on social media and so people can actually hear you sing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. without a processor, without, a, like, it's just, it's so good. You're so mm-hmm. good. You're so good. And I love to see it. Okay. Haley, add Haley Witters. Go follow her. And her car's fine. So don't worry about that. And there are no tornadoes. <laughs> there finally. are no tornadoes. No. Mike, we're all good. Good. Okay. Thank you. And we will conclude by Haley. This has been a Bobby Cast production. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacova's.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines. All on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.